Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is Oh, That's My Gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 60, 60, oh, what's up babe, how are you doing tonight husband? I'm good husband, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome friends to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by CNN. Just, this just in breaking news, we're back guys. And it feels so good. I hope you missed us. Yes, we missed you guys. So that we did. Husband, are you ready to get this order ready? Want to tell the people? Yes, All I right. do. I'm ready to get it started, and get I'm ready started. to tell them what we're having. Let's tell them. So, folks, folks, friends, and all in between, you guys know what time it is. It's time to gather your cocktail, and while you're having your libation, we'll tell you our selection for tonight. So, husband, what are you sipping on today? Um, a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Come on, switch up. Mm-hmm. Got to you know, throw that curveball. What about you? What nice. are you drinking? I know I said last time I'll switch it up, but, you know, means to an end. It's a rum and coke. It's classic. Classic. It's where you want to go. It, it it does. And I believe that my liquor cabinet is low, so that's pretty much kind of all I really had. <laughs> so... You're resourceful. Let's go. It really is. Yes. So, all right, friends. Hope you had your libation. Let's raise these glasses for a toast to one for episode. Clink, 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 clink. Clink, clink, clink. And then the sip. I'm ready to talk all the shits. All right. Well, let's immediately get into it. Let's talk about our week. Let's go. How has your week been, husband? My week has been great. Uh, exhausting, but great. Okay. We are coming off of last weekend, a family matter that uh, we had to attend to. Um, and it was long and tiring and involved planes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming home, I'd immediately get back into work. Took a mental health day, but that still just wasn't enough. Yeah. So yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. What about you? We're gonna push through with this week. Push through that line. Um, I'm good. This week has been a short week uh, for your boy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I mean, we have Atlanta, and we're going to see the Renaissance, Miss Beyonce. Finally, right. I seemed like forever ago when these tickets went on sale, it, and it, no, we lost our fucking minds in America. It, the anxiety has never been higher. I thought I was gonna have to like go on Lexapro or something. I thought I was gonna have to be <laughs> prescribed something when we were trying to get these tickets, but it's here and it's happening. It is here. It is here and it's great. And here for it, but um, yeah. And besides that, this week I've really been taking to, and I've talked to you about this, and I'm sharing with the the friends out there. My drumming has been very entertaining for me, and might I say it? God damn it, I'm good. That's exciting. I am fucking good. A man who never took a lesson and believe he has it in his blood through his papa, and. Uh, it's funny because there's there's songs I play with, so I brought an auxiliary chord to go with um, to play songs that my personal songs, the radio or mm-hmm. my cell phone. And the issue is I can hear the beat, and it's like playing along with with everything. And so it's like, okay, let me see how this works, and and I'm you know trying to catch the beat, and I'm able to do that. 
And then one day I was like, let me see if there's some tr- tracks with that's drumless. So drumless tracks. Mm-hmm. And there are some out there on YouTube. And I was like, okay, this is fucking dope. And I was able to keep the bass and everything kind of going um, with the beat. And based off of memory of the song oh, and wow. just how it's supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Listen, now, you know, I have my own little experience and some shit. But I can say, I can say without shadow of a doubt, like, I was listening. I was like, yo, this sounds fire. Like, I <laughs> I am a drummer right now. And it's funny the way that the, the room I have the drums in, there's a mirror. So I can see myself, like, doing the drums and everything. And I, I'm like, okay, I, this could have been a career path. But I also have looked at videos of other drummers who are covering songs like for instance jasmine sullivan Mm -hmm. and i like mimic what they're doing right so i kind of see that so i watch maybe watch it once twice and then like i'll play along with them to see can i catch that same beat Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting so i'm I'm basically just learning by ear really that's i guess that's the best way to say yeah but i play fleetwood mac dreams i played uh is it Earth, Wind, and Fire, Boogie, Boogie, mm-hmm. Boogie, what's that mm-hmm. song? Boogie, Boogie Land, Boogie, Boogie Wonderland, Boogie Wonderland, yeah. Um, some Pink, like I was, I just been on different genres trying to see the speed and and to catch the rhythm. So that's been fun for me. That's been my self care for the past few days. Very nice. I mean, we all need to have our own form of it. I'm glad that you found yours and yeah. you're good at it. What I was telling you before, it's sometimes hard, you know to like something or want to pursue something that you haven't before and not only like it, but be good at it. Like a lot of people, when they try to make a, a, a a turn or go down a new path creatively, like your intentions don't always align with your talents. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's really good. And it says a lot that yours are, you know, it's something that you're meant to do. It's in your blood. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm like, is this a substitute for dancing right now? Because I'm not really, I mean, that's, that's always going to be in me. But I don't know. I remember meeting my dad's cousin. He told me, he said, either you're fearful of two things. He said, either you're fearful that you're good and you don't know what to do with it, or you're fearful that you will suck. He said, but either way, face the fear. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing. I mean, I think that could be said about everything in life, right? Like literally every aspect of life, just feel the fear and do it anyway. Because what's the worst that can happen? Right. You realize you're not good. Okay, you move on to something else. Or you realize you're great and you've got this new amazing talent that you can pull out at parties. Right. <laughs> you have <laughs> random jam sessions with people. Listen. Okay, so find the beat. But um, that is that's been going on with me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we had this weekend coming up in Atlanta, so excited about that. How do you feel about the Renaissance? Because you have an entire ensemble for the Renaissance affair for the people. But you know that that's how I roll. Like I literally, and friends out there, I'm not big on doing things. <laughs> like I'm not a people watcher. I don't like crowds. I love live music, but I just don't love. I hate getting on planes. I just hate doing stuff outside of like so the stuff that i love to do you hate to do pretty much but what excites me or how i've managed over the past few years to find the excitement in doing things i don't necessarily like or you know things that aren't you know to get past the inconveniences i would say of flying or the inconveniences of traveling and being around large groups I like to make 
ensembles. Like, I like to put together looks. Come on, Regine Hudson. Okay? <laughs> and that excitement that I have for fashion and self-expression is usually what amps me up to do things. Like, to go out. To, you know, go on a vacation. Ooh, I gotta think of, like, looks to wear at this resort. Yeah. Or to go to a concert and, you know, like, Renaissance. Of course, I want to go see Beyonce, specifically this album, because I've never really wanted, I've never seen her before, and I've never really been pressed to see her in the past. Right. But this album, I need to hear it, I need to hear it live, and I need to hear it loud. And because this is like a fashion forward event, <laughs> this is right up my alley. I literally had, essentially, my look picked out like months ago. Like, I, I've had it in my closet. You envisioned it. I, well, not not necessarily envisioned it, but I purchased it. Like, the, you know, the most you important. came to the concert. You had yeah, the yeah, for the concert. Yeah, I was just walking through the mall, out. you know, getting my share on from Clueless. And I saw the perfect piece. And immediately, I was like, Renaissance. And I sent you the picture. You're like, cute. And I was yeah. like, no, I see the vision. I was like, I, like, I was geeked up and excited because I already knew that this will be something that I wouldn't necessarily wear anywhere else except for this concert. So right. I was like, I'm going to go all out. And of course, as you know, her, she continued doing her shows in Europe. You would see that not only was this just a concert, this was like a fashion show. People were turning up and turning out. Yes. And when she came to the States, it continued. People are showing up, expressing themselves. I've never seen so much fucking silver in my life. Um, silver and fringe. Silver and fringe, and I will and be contributing to both. <laughs> I will be contributing to all of the boob, baby. Listen, uh, the so girls you know, look, it, it, neither am I. So <laughs> look out, uh, underscore Dave meets world underscore to see what I'll be uh, wearing to the Renaissance concert. Yeah, it it's going to be a, a fashion palooza situation kind of going on. And then we're going to the gay capital of the fucking world, Atlanta. That's why I was like, listen, if, if we can't see her out here in L.A. because, you know, I'll be on my trip. Mm -hmm. um, we have to go to a major city. And so I'm here for it. And yeah. it's going to be a great time. Cannot wait. Yeah. So that's the weekend we have coming up. And I guess now time to get to these hot topics. This is probably going to be a top, a hot topic heavy episode because well, it's two weeks worth of hot topics. It is. We have so much to catch up on because so much shit has happened and we haven't had a chance to talk to the friends. So I hope you guys sit down, buckle up, and get ready because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yes, because there's a lot of opinions that are out right now that we have. So the first and foremost, we want to say a rest in peace to a very, very beautiful person that was a beautiful dancer appeared to have a beautiful spirit um, based off the stories people shared about him but O'Shea Sibley we want to say rest in peace to him and mm -hmm. to condolences to anyone his friends family who have may have known him it's horrible tragic loss um, that a fucking coward did to take someone's life because of them expressing themselves in public dancing not bothering a fucking person mm -hmm. so um what was your thoughts about that when you heard the story i mean it was tragic it was horrible it it was extremely upsetting because it could have been anybody 
like when it comes to the point of just expressing yourself through dance and through art because that's what voguing is um and that's what he was doing he was voguing it is something that dates back to the 70s late 70s 80s yeah the the culture has been doing it forever and the, it's not even at its height right now like there's been moments where voguing has been literally at its peak and really in the zeitgeist of the culture so the fact that he got killed for that it is extremely upsetting i pray that justice will be served and this individual rots in jail um because that's the very least that this person deserves. Absolutely. And the fact that you took, you made a choice, sir. You made a choice to stand there, throw racial slurs out, and then you made a choice to pick up an object to take someone's life. And although you're 17, doesn't matter. I hope they charge you as a full adult. I hope that they prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law and you get what is deserved to you. Um, I don't wish death upon anyone, but you know, and uh, I do believe in I do believe in the eye for an eye. I do believe in that. I think that would be too easy. I think that would be an easy way out. I really hope that they set an example with him, because if they don't, it will just embolden the hateful, fearful, ignorant people out there to feel like they're taking the law in their own hands. Well, they've done that before. I mean, we saw that with the Black Lives Matter movement and the people in the protests and you had the vigilantes want to go out there and want to protect and be the law, you know, to to their own judgment and sake to feel like they were important. So, again, it's a sad um, situation. You just can't dance freely or just express yourself in the public space. We share the world together. He had the right to be there just like you. If you didn't like what the fuck they were doing, Take your ass, go do something else. Like they weren't hurt. Or literally just like bothering you. Turn your head. That's it. It's <laughs> so simple to turn to, your head. You don't have to look. Avert your eyes to something else, sir. It's you don't have the, to be the light of, in his eyesight. It's the easiest thing to do. If it ain't got nothing to do with you, then you don't have anything to do with it. That simple. Yeah. So, not to make a hard pivot, but we're going to do that at this moment right now but again rest in peace and, and prayers and thoughts to this family and friends um but in darkness there does come light and there's some beautiful things that can come out of such tragedy and sadness and we found out this week that someone has came into his full potential of himself and he's happy i want to say at the age of 53 but i could be wrong don't quote me but wayne brady has come out as pansexual and no, he does not want to fuck your kitchenware. But he is pansexual. Now, for our friends out there who don't know exactly what that definition is, because you may say, okay, what's the difference between bisexual and pansexual? Here's the definition for pansexual. It is sexually or romantically attracted to people regardless of their sex or gender. So then what's the definition between bisexual? Because to me, it's like the same. It's like hand in hand. Bisexual, you're attracted to both sex. Yes. Hence the bi. But 
to okay so bisexuality is a romantic or sexual attraction or behavior toward both males and females um so i think where pansexuality comes from because there are so many ways that a person can identify now right that's not just male or female. Yeah, your sex. Your sex, your sex. Your gender you identify is. You're born as sex, but mm. your gender you identify is. So, so I, I think pansexual. Sometimes. So pansexuality <laughs> is just a broader scope of what you can be attracted to. It does. It's not based on your genitalia or how you identify. It's just, I guess, based well, on who you are. It's based off the gender, but I just hate this at times. Like it's like this new math. Like the old math is math. It still works. Like. Just say you're bisexual. I, I get we want to be inclusive. We want to say, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to the spirit of the person um, of or gender or what have you. And so, yes, people can identify multiple ways. It's, it, it can be very intersectionality with it. But either way, Wayne, if you like pussy, dick, whatever you like, all the flavors, we hope you enjoy everything. Welcome to the family of the, of, under the umbrella of the LGBTQIA yes. plus... All the pluses and the minuses. Um, we hope you receive your packet in the next two weeks. Um, so, hey, hope to see you at Pride next year. Um, you know, doing what you do. I mean, but is this a far stretch? I mean, he played in Kinky Boots on Broadway. Like, is this really a stretch? Did we not see this on on the wall already? Like, the white the writing was there because I, I believe on my black social media, on my timeline with the gays, everybody was like, Okay, and the sky is blue. Like no, next yeah, it time. wasn't. It wasn't a revelation, and I don't think anyone like clutched their pearls when they, you know, heard the news or seen the headlines. But still, it is. We always say that you know, inclusion matters, and we wish that there were more black celebrities that were, especially males, that were open and honest about who they are. So absolutely, I commend him and I hope that this inspires other black male celebrities to you know you don't have to necessarily have a press conference but let's just stop pretending let's please stop let's just put the beards away that's so <laughs> 90s like just live in your truth and do what you want life is way too short it really is, and you know I, I'm here for I'm a stand of uh, Wayne Brady. Like, I think he's corny as hell, but I like I like him also. And he's talented. You he's can't very talented. He was on Dancing that. with the Stars. We were rooting for him. You know? Yeah, we were all rooting for you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm here for it. Again, I just hope he enjoys everything that this comes with. I understand the the backlash he's going to receive. You know, and he stands ten toes down on that. And I, and I just want him to... I hope he's an advocate and be proactive. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah, I can... Like. No, I'm <laughs> I'm listening to you talk. Yeah, so I just hope he, I hope he... I hope he uses his platform to then educate even more. Because he, he has a following of people who really like him. Mm-hmm. You know, Middle America loves this man. So, um, hopefully they don't turn his back, their back on him. And, you know, again, we welcome you, Wayne, to the... To the Rainbow Party. Welcome. So, another person who did Kinky Boots, 
But now he's having money issues, I think. I mean, that's no Sade. But I'm just saying what is happening because he mentioned the fact that he has to sell his house. Billy Porter is in the news, you guys. And I didn't know he was recently separated from his husband or is about to or they filed for a divorce mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So, wow, you're filing for divorce and also now you're having to sell your home because of the strike. So, what's going on, babe? It is really tragic, but he has revealed... Uh, Billy Porter that he is he lives check to check and as a result he has had to sell his home because of all the Hollywood strikes um, he said in quote I was supposed to be in a new movie uh, and on a new television show starting in September none of that is happening now I think that is unfortunate one whenever someone has to you know lose their home or decide that they have to sell it to make ends meet but i think what the bigger conversation here that needs to happen what really made me gravitate towards this story and wanting to talk about it was the conversation of financial literacy in the black household because you look at billy porter an emmy winning tony winning actor entertainer who has been on television shows, movies, Broadway, and you think, wow, you're living check to check? Why? What there what is what are you doing? How are you living beyond your means to the point where you are unable to save and you're living check to check? Like people when you hear the term I live check to check, you know, you think of middle middle to lower class people okay. that make X amount of money and you know they're barely making minimum wage or a little bit above and because of the economy and the way it's set up rent is astronomical everywhere so even you know the tiniest of studio apartments you're struggling to do that and a lot of people are forced to live with roommates and have multiple people to what you know a bedroom so when you see someone that is successful in their career and i'm not talking about just like like money wise but someone with a actual like billy porter has consistently been working and even when he's not on television or in a movie He's been touring and singing his music and having his live shows. So it's like, okay, well, why do you feel the need to purchase a home or purchase anything that would put you in a spot where you are unable to save a little bit from whatever checks that you get to where you're literally living from paycheck to paycheck? Because I don't, he's not regardless of how he you know the hollywood strike is affecting him i think it's we can all agree he's not making minimum wage yeah you saying check and check on my his check is nowhere near the check that you are receiving his check that's what that's that's different. my that's my whole point but so I, have like, a, I have a i have an explanation for your problem okay support. no i'm i'm done what what, what so do you think the issue is it is a classic tlc situation in my opinion i think that one his music career he funded that himself i think he may be maybe an independent artist i'm not sure don't quote me allegedly he may be one 
if he is one, he's fronting all this stuff himself, so he has to put this money up. So the thing he can retrieve it back from the shows and everything like that. It's pretty like pretty much you robbing Peter to pay Paul in the mm. sense. And at some point, it, if you don't, you're shelling out so much money and you don't have that return, then that's how you get to this place where you have to then sell your house because then you now you're having to live, make up the revenue you did, you lost, right? So mm. if he's and since he's now you know is. I don't know. He's non-binary, but Miss Mama likes to shop and photos and all type of things and uh, assistance and all these things that you're doing. All that costs, and if you don't have a backing, again, if he's not, I'm not again. I don't know for sure if he is with an um an agency, but if he is with has a um a musical deal with a record company, and if they pay the advancements, you pay all that shit back. So I just think there's a lot that. Not counting his pockets, but I can see how he can be in this situation. Again, if he is fronting and being an independent artist, doing all the things himself. Like, it kind of makes kind of sense. And then if you're going through a divorce, you don't know that if your husband had, you know, brought the house or who have you, whatever. I think that because he's been around since the 90s, since the 80s, and he, Pose made him a bigger, Pose catapulted him to the celebrity he is now. I didn't know who Billy Porter was prior to Pose. Okay. I say that for a reason. Um, he did Broadway stuff. I was, I'm not into Broadway like that. Uh, but I think he was able to sustain a, a life, right? In that Broadway realm. Maybe some acting here and there. He had an album at some point in the 90s. It didn't do well. Once you got to Pose, now you're going to your bigger platform, you're going to the Met Gala, you're doing all these things. And so with that, people have to have you have to have the bank account to keep up with that. And I, that's how I think he got in this position. Just outside looking in. That I, makes sense to me. I just I just I don't know, you I just feel when you get to a certain level and you are you have access to certain things like an accountant, like a financial guide, like someone that can diversify your funds and make your money work for you. It just took me back when I saw his quote of living paycheck to paycheck. And it's like a single mother, you know, that has a high school diploma living paycheck to her saying i live paycheck to paycheck i understand it the system is set up you are fighting against the odds but for someone like billy who has defied the odds it just makes me think okay they're just decisions that have been made and is it a lack of education or lack of because my uh, me and my bestie Drew were talking about this the other day because she listens to a financial podcast and was asking and we were just had a conversation about investing and things like that and I said you know what it, that's something that I just recently really started to inquire about investigate because growing up one thing were the only thing that I was told was just don't fuck up your credit like money and saving money and investing money was never a conversation that was had in my household and it was never one that was had in her household because her parents my parents we just they didn't know any better because their parents didn't know any better so it was just ignorance 
financial illiteracy passed on. And I, I've noticed that it is very rampant in the black community where the only thing that we are told as black kids is don't mess up your credit and don't get credit cards because they're bad news. <laughs> but they don't say, you know, if you do get a credit card, get a credit card with perks and just buy what you would normally buy and then pay it off as you would normally do it. So you can, you know, not only build your credit, but take advantage of perks like points and flying and hotels and right. like no one tells us the tricks in the trade and I'm just wondering, is this a situation with Billy? Because you only know what you know, regardless of what you have. So if you get more, you still only know what you know. And that's how someone who can be on TV, be, you know, halfway to an EGOT, can still be living paycheck to paycheck. I don't think it's just so simple as that. I think, again, you have a lifestyle when you are in that different type of tax bracket you have a different lifestyle so when he says paycheck to paycheck yes his paycheck may be fifteen thousand, but his expenses for the month may be thirty thousand. you know what i'm saying like there's it's a there's a difference so i think regardless of him having these accolades and him being the star and having these big having these moments we don't know what they're getting paid and clearly these actors are talking about the residual checks that they're receiving mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. you know it's not off the back you're not uh I'm, I'm using her uh, TV name, Meredith Gray. I can't think of her real name. Uh, Ellen P P Pompeo. Pompeo. Uh -huh. You're not getting $23 million for a season, you know, for Grey's Anatomy or compared to Poe. Like you're not, you're not receiving that. But, and that goes to my point of it's just poor decisions you're making. Because if you're not Ellen Pompeo, then maybe you should have a studio apartment in Valley Vi Village as opposed to a, you know, a McMansion that you can't really afford because you're now having to sell it to make money. Well, no, but again, I just it's, think it's, it's living it's, beyond your means. It's not. I can. I can see that it's not. I mean, that's what it is. If you have but it's to, not, because again, it's, it's <laughs> you not, have to sell again, your house. Not, I, I think we're for the scenarios. We don't know the, the facts of it. I'm just saying again. If he, you can have. You can have uh, um, assets and monies, savings, or what have you. That's there. But again, if he's doing these things, he has to foot things. He has to foot pay money out to receive money. I think that's probably the thing. I honestly think that's what it is. Is he has to front? He doesn't have someone fronting the money for him. So he has to front it for himself. Remember, we saw Shangela. He talked about his tour. Where's his tour at now? You know what I'm saying? Like all these things that you're doing, you have to front that money first to then receive the money back to you. So I just think that that is. Where you're banking on your name, you're banking on your celebrity, you're banking on you know these opportunities. It just so happened, unfortunately, maybe shit didn't pan out the way you thought it would pan out, or right now you realize people aren't spending that type of money, people aren't um, spending those type of luxuries anymore on certain things, right? So I just, I honestly think it could be that. I mean, it could be both, but it just sounds when someone has to pay my, I had to sell my house to make ends or have more money it it kind of just leads to okay well you were putting money out to receive it that's just that's where my, that's where my mind goes with the forest money and i i about mon that's how my mind that's where my mind goes to with money literacy like that's just how i see that but you know, mm. i could be wrong but mm. but yeah you're right i think a lot of times we growing up we're not taught certain things and we have to learn on our own about um how to be financially literate, you know, to mm -hmm. understand 
everything. So it's there's hope, and I hope he makes it. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely. I mean, once the strike is over, he'll be okay. You know, I don't think he's gonna be um, homeless anytime soon, or or what have you. It, I mean, it's just so. unfortunate because if someone like Billy Porter, who is a name that we know, has to sell his house, just imagine like the key grips, the makeup artist, the oh, absolutely, like, the like, people, they're struggling, like completely the, struggling. The, the absolutely, you know, the the no name people that there's people that we know lie like, that we this. know related, to, like that we know who are having difficult work in the industry and having to file for unemployment or because of the, the, the strike that's happening right now, so. Yes, it's just, and I'm saying that to say it's just an un- unfortunate situation, and it is a completely, you know, it's an industry. It's not just names and celebrities. It is an industry that is crippled right now. Yeah, the business is just it sucks. But it's interesting. I think someone mentioned um, people think Hollywood is something different on television. That once they get here, they realize it's a whole different beast, and the money behind it, and who really who really um, receives the benefits from it. And it's not primarily the actors who it's are doing not the work. actors at all. <laughs> it's not the actors at all. Honestly, I read that if all the executives literally took a 2% decrease in their, in their salaries, that it could fix all of it. <laughs> it could fix everybody could get money. Everybody could get increases if just the executives took 2 percent decrease in their salary and see that for them thinking that two percent is like 50 percent and it's like you're not going to miss it but for them if i miss any money if i have a billion dollars but you tell me i'm about to lose five hundred thousand million or whatever that's or two million dollars that's still too many i'm not going to have so they people become greedy it's it's a nasty business it's unfortunate though but very you know that's the one percent that i don't know nothing about but what I do know about is these hands. And I do know that there was a black man by the name of Nathan Alexander who built, who invented the folding chair. That and was said put, folding chair. Put to some good use this past week. Was put into some use, baby, in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm quite sure we all have all seen this video that has been circulating around TikTok and all social media. Of the, I'm just call it the race war melee, because <laughs> that's what it kind of was. It came down to people have been calling it the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear the Boston Tea Party. It got real at the docks. It got real at the docks in Montgomery, um, Alabama, and just so happened that the riverboat and the riverboat, the boat actually that was supposed to dock was to pull in. That boat name was Harriet Tubman. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, baby, people were, it's all type of conspiracies on, on social media. They're like, so the boat was Harriet Tubman. So let's give this friends a little backstory, some context if you don't know. So there was a incident in Montgomery, Alabama, at the riverboat, just gonna say that, uh, docking station, where a black gentleman who worked there, I think it was he a captain or or he was, let's say, supervisor of the docks. And so he pretty much supervising people as they pull their boats in. Like, you can park here, you can't park here. Kind of managing everything. So there were some people who, as I say people, some Caucasian people who pulled their boat in. 
and illegally pulled their boat in the spot where the gentleman, the black guy, was saying, you cannot park here because there's another boat that's coming off the river. This is their spot. Well, these people didn't take too kind for this black man telling them this information. And there was some words exchanged and words quickly went to fists being thrown and them punching and jumping this black man. Now, these Caucasian people, you know, there were no shirts worn, some some uh, what swim shoes, uh, swim shorts and different things. And people said they've been and, and this. This dock is known for people to pull their boats who have been drinking all day on the river. So they're yeah. saying there was some alcohol involved and tensions are high. And that happened. Now, this some black people were saying when the black man threw his hat up in the air, he signaled <laughs> for the black folks to come. So the video footage that we have is there's people on the actual boat who's supposed to be coming on who are on the riverboat uh which is called harry tubman they're pulling to the dock and they see the situation happening as this black man's getting jumped baby one of the young boys who worked on the boat mm-hmm. jumped in the river swam to the dock to help out his co-worker now this young man is being called aquaman aquaman yes scuba gooding jr <laughs> and michael b phelps because he did what needed to be done. He hopped in. He swam ashore. And as that boat pulled up, the Caucasian people had already kind of jumped the black man, kind of went to their boat. They were trying to leave. Nigga said, nah, nigga. No, they said, where are you going? <laughs> Not <laughs> today. It was an Avengers assemble because a lot of black men got off that boat. They went to that white they went to that boat with the white people and they pulled their ass out and they had a melee and it was going ham and there was fights everywhere. You saw the police there trying to break up the fights. It was so much commotion. The police were just kind of just like standing back for a while. Yeah. And then the historical moment happened. Out of somewhere, out of nowhere, there came a chair. <laughs> a folding chair. The kind you guys have, you know, at the uh, the cookout, the barbecue. I have, we have a lot in our garage right now, folding chairs. And the folding chair just was picked up, and it was it was used as a weapon, as the best weapon ever. And the black guy, he just started hitting the motherfuckers up with the chair. How now? Where he was wrong? Where he was wrong? Ain't got in trouble. He hit a woman who was already sitting down, but she had she was punching on other men. She was yeah, she, she had was it fighting. Coming. She was getting. She had it coming. She was in the melee, but she was sitting down, like minding her own business for a second on timeout. No, she was fat and winded. That's what that was. <laughs> okay. And he came with that chair and bopped her in the head. And then the police were like, all right, nigga, that's enough. Like, <laughs> it really was at that moment. Because they saw him hit the other people. He was fucking up the other white dude. He was yeah. fucking him up. But he was like, once you know he what? hit that woman, he was like, everybody can get this smoke. Everybody, baby. Once he hit that woman, they were like, all right, that's it. Like, we can't, now. we got to rest your ass now. Mm-hmm. So, but not to laugh at the situation, but have you been seeing the memes and all this shit that's been going on in the socials about this? Oh, yeah. There are chair earrings. There's chair necklaces. People have got tattoos of chairs on their fucking bodies for this. I, whoever put stock into folding chairs (laughs) is reaping all the rewards because there are sales on folding chairs at like Home Depots now. Uh, <laughs> seriously, people. Are you serious? No, seriously, 
they're on in like they're on display at stores on end caps like just a chair just chair, chair. just a just a box of folding chairs you can buy four uh, you get four a pop man i remember that time i got from home depot and got all them chairs for a low low price whatever they didn't know what they were doing cashier anyway i think what it was about to say um did you see the one video where <laughs> it's a mother or a she's a black lady and there's Children with folding chairs on the lawn, and they're like practicing for a fight. And then you hear the music of um, "I Am a Woman King" playing yes, in the background. Yes. I just love, I love us at times, and I hate this at the same time. But that shit is funny. We will milk this shit until the end of the year because it happened. So people were saying because the boat was called Harriet Tubman, then the fact that. The folding chair was invented by Nathan Alexander, a black man. Mm -hmm. And then, even more to put the cherry on top, one of the white guys, I guess he had Crocs on, and he got beat out his Crocs, like his foot went through the Crocs. Uh So people were saying, because back in the day in slavery, white people were feeding black babies and crocodiles. Oh, so the rich. spirits. <laughs> oh no, they were they they went there. It's a whole conspiracy, like, like a dissertation. Yeah, they were like the ancestors had called upon this moment. So this is why this was. It was a beautiful moment to see unification. It, it I will say that it was a beautiful moment. I will say that's exactly what it was. The us coming together to show people we are not our ancestors. You cannot treat us any kind of way because we will come together and wreck shop. And I think that's the message that we need to take as a culture, as black Americans, when we get together, we can make change right. and they can hear us and see us. And that's what happened on that dock that, that day. I bet you the, Sitting on the, yes, the I bet you uh, the white people ain't gonna make that mistake anymore. So two funny TikTok videos I want to talk about. So one, one man who was involved with the fight, he literally has his face. He has a TikTok and he just, he's showing his face and he's showing the um, aftermath on his face, which he has like two black eyes. He has no, has paper in his nose and a bloody lip. And he's like, that old man has some power. <laughs> so he admits that he got his ass whooped. But then there's another video of a young white girl and she is saying that, you know, she lives not too far from the, the area. And so, People, white people were rallying and saying we should be doing something. So she was like, who the fuck is we? She was like, right. I'm not about to get my ass kicked for y'all motherfuckers. I'm cool. All right. That shit was hilarious. I you said, wow. And your tiki torches <laughs> stayed the fuck at home. So yeah, at one, it's it's funny. At the same time, it's sad because you can, you, you can just tell that there was some racial tension behind that also, of right? Course. And you can imagine the names he probably was being, if he was, I don't know if he was being called names or not, but just off the energy that they were giving, mm-hmm. you can tell it was very much a boy yeah. and all type of shit. And what you gonna do, boy? Yeah. And that, and you know, you can't say boy to a black man if you're Caucasian because it can go left. And it went left, and the white people went left, and then the black people made it right. Okay. <laughs> that so, part. That's what happened in Montgomery, but we'll be going to Alabama, but not Montgomery this weekend. Um, but I wanted to go, but apparently it's uh, a little farther from where we're going to be going because I want to take a picture with the chair. I think the chair, I think the chair may be going to the Smithsonian or something like that. 
I mean, or you <laughs> to the African American Museum in D.C. Take a picture with a chair anywhere and, and say, "No, that. I want that chair." Like mm-hmm. it's because there's people who actually took pictures with the actual chair the man mm-hmm. used. Oh, I didn't like know the that. next day, yeah, on the social, it's all around, all across the socials. So, um, but you know that was the Montgomery fight, y'all. But of another fight that's happening that people are taking people to court. It's a legal fight. It's a legal fight because apparently this artist wanted to fight one of her dancers. I'm surprised that people are coming after Lizzo the way they are coming after her. So it's allegedly reported that Lizzo has not well. She has a persona with her dancers and some type of grief, and she makes them do sexual shit and uh, fat shame them. So three ladies are filing a complaint against Lizzo for sexual harassment, and they're asking for an undisclosed amount of money, I believe, in this lawsuit. But since that has happened, six more dancers have came out about the mistreatment with Lizzo as and their experience being her backup dancer. Okay, so my take on this is because it, it is only three of the dancers that is actually suing her. And they are all uh, dancers that were fired. So initially hearing this, I was like, oh, they're just like scorned. They were fired. I wonder if it would have been an issue or a legal bad a legal battle if they were still employed and still on tour, still doing whatever that they were doing beforehand. Okay. So I thought, oh, this is convenient. Like they're fired, so of course now they want to take legal action. But it was uh, because what they're saying is not only did she have an environment that was unprofessional, unhealthy. There were things that she made a few of them do. Like when they were in Amsterdam, uh, she had one of the ladies, I believe, eat a banana that came out of the vagina of one of the dancers. Right. Uh, oh, uh, on stage at the, for the sex show they were at. Yes. And it wasn't a situation where Lizzo, you know, put a gun to her head, but it was, she felt because there was the power dynamic and everybody was like cheering her on and it made her uncomfortable enough to want to just do it because uh, you know of that that pressure of her peers and not only uh, her boss and there was the other young lady that said she was gaining weight and it wasn't specifically told to her you need to stop gaining weight or you'll be fired but it was implied right. that her gaining weight wasn't a good thing and she believed that she was fired for not being fun and etc. Yeah, she also mentioned that she told them that she was she has an eating disorder. And once they found out she had an eating disorder, they were like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. So they were kind of relieved about her situation of the, the weight gain. Mm-hmm. So, But I think two things in this situation can be true. And I think that a lot of people are finding it hard to reconcile with this. Like, Lizzo can be an advocate for big women, big girls, and be body positive with her fans and the public, but also be a fucking horrible boss. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, and I don't think that there's anything illegal with being a horrible boss. No. Um, Especially, you can tell Lizzo's the type that came up with the Madonna 
you know, truth or dare book and documentary and seeing Janet on tour with her um, dancers. Janet just made out every night on tour with one of her dancers. Uh, Madonna used to fuck her dancers. So I'm sure Lizzo probably thought, we're not dancers. This isn't a tour. We're a family. Yeah. And blurred those lines. And of course, all of her dancers didn't look at her as like, oh, my sister Lizzo. They looked at her like the boss. This is her tour. So if she wants me to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it, but I don't want to be the uncool kid. So I do believe 1000% it was an unhealthy power dynamic. I do believe that, you know, she probably is not a great person to work with or be around because after the ladies came out and a few other people that you mentioned came out, um, a document, uh, documentarian came out, uh, who I believe she was like nominated for an Oscar. She was supposed to do Lizzo's documentary, yeah. but she pulled out two weeks in saying that it was just an unhealthy work environment. Lizzo is, uh, egotistical and just not a nice person. She saw the writing on the wall and she's so glad that she pulled out at the time that she did. So you have multiple people essentially saying the same thing. Yeah. So where there's smoke, there definitely has to be fire. I, you know, you know, you always want to believe victims and believe people when they say that they've been through something. I just... I don't think that, unfortunately, for those three ladies, I don't see that. I don't see a verdict going in their favor because a lot of I listened to the interviews and a lot of the verbiage was, you know, I feel and she made me feel, and it was kind of sort of implied. There was no yeah. like specific. She said this. This was happened. Like you know, there's no legitimate. I, I don't want to say legitimate, but there's no concrete yeah, she had forced them and that yeah. thing, and this is the part that you know um people may have a different opinion with me which i really don't give a fuck about but no one can force you to do some shit i'm sorry like if i'm at a sex show and there's a vagina and there's a banana coming out of it if i don't want to eat the fucking banana i'm not gonna eat the fucking banana i don't give a shit if i'm fired then fired then fire me then contact my agent and make sure i get my my last check like this whole situation, I felt pressure and all that. Like for me, that's a cop out. Like no one can force you to do something unless they have a gun to your face or a knife and say life or death. They can't force you to do some shit. I'm sorry, that's just how I think. Um, I'm very black and white in some of my thinking. But in that situation, listening to what the, the ladies were saying, it's like that. Again, if you felt you felt pressured, then you felt pressure. You felt to that. That has nothing to do with her because again. You can easily say no. Just like you say yes to the job, you can say no to eating a banana if you don't want to eat a fucking banana. Um, I think some of the ladies also mentioned the fact that her dance captain is one of her best friends. And so. Um, oh, yeah, the lawsuit is against the dance captain as well. Yeah. And they it was an incident where one said that there was some words exchanged between her and Lizzo. And Lizzo, like, balled up her fist and was like, oh, you're so lucky. And had to be held back from different um, dancers. You know, I'm not going to say it's frivolous. It's a frivolous lawsuit. If you have trauma behind that type of situation, you definitely have trauma from that. And if you, if you, 
are seeking monetary damages for that, you know, who am I to say you shouldn't do that? That's your choice to do that. I would say find some healing, you know, get healed from your experience, process that. But, you know, you put the pro you put the situation out there. You have a platform now. You've made the society be aware of how she kind of is as a boss and people are still going to work with her. If they choose to, if they choose not to, people are still going to audition for her and want to be in that in that realm of, of, of dance troupe to be around her or or the persona who she is. I think she could be a whore. Like again, like you said, you can have two thoughts at the same time. She could be a great entertainer and be a horrible fucking person. Look how many people who we know, celebrity who's who is either a diva. Or have diva attacked is like fucking Naomi Campbell. She was throwing phones at bitches and shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, not to say, not to take what they experienced was likely by no means, but also just being aware that um, we all have bad <laughs> bosses. We all have we all have been in a situation where we had a bad boss or experience, and you know, I'm not saying you just deal with it, but. If you are seeking monetary things for because you can't get another job if she blackmails you or blackballs you, I can see that. I guess I'm trying to see what was what's the intent behind the lawsuit. That's my I think I need the answer. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I don't I don't know if it's so clear for John Q. Public to be like, OK, if they find a jury to who will side with them. You yeah, know, so I, I mean, maybe just the idea of bringing awareness to how she conducts business and how she interacts with subordinates. Maybe that is already a big part of their healing. Maybe that is the catalyst for even wanting to, you know, file this lawsuit. Because I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty safe to say we were all gagged at this information. It wasn't like Wayne Brady where it was like, duh. This is kind of like, wait, Lizzo? Right, right. Um, so maybe, you know, just the fact that awareness was brought to this and now Lizzo can start having a conversation with either herself or her team if, you know, this was a ball that was dropped and she didn't have as much to do with it as they're leading on or she's just fucking horrible and she needs to self-assess um and that may need to happen and you it, know, it sounds like it does you know yeah there was a canceled show with her and SZA um for i don't made know. in america yes thank you the festival make america that was canceled right yes for um they use like a blanket unforeseeable reasons or circumstances it had to be canceled so um but i just do want to say this really quick to the fatphobic, racist, uh, misogynist out there that is justifying your unexplained hate that you've always had against his or, or always had against Lizzo, excuse me, and masking it around. See, I always knew something was off about about her. No, you didn't know shit. You're just a sexist, fatphobic, right. hateful person who hated to see a woman who you counted out and you feel like America should count out be extremely successful. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that this should be a situation where, okay, see, we can't give. Now she's ruined it for all other fat black girls. No, that is not the situation at all. 
not every overweight person is monolithic. Like, check your self-hatred, because a lot of it is self-hatred. Check your biases. How you felt about Lizzo before finding out this information has nothing to do with the information that just came out. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with it. You're just a horrible, hateful person. And uh, from what this story sounds like, so is Lizzo. So, you know, everybody's just gross is what I'm saying. But don't mask your hatred <laughs> on something else. Yeah. To make, yeah, don't scapegoat it to make yourself feel be- not trash. Yeah, like I knew she was up to some shit. Yeah, yeah, like, no, you didn't know shit. You're not Jean Grey. You, you knew nothing. <laughs> you just hated on this big girl because she's a big girl. Right. You know, like the messaging or whatever. So. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Well, from one tragedy to another, which actually have proof of some shit, and I don't understand how people are backing this fuck nigga at all because there was actual evidence that he did what the fuck he did. But Tory Lane gets ten years in prison, and I'm happy about it. Celebration is still not enough. Meg is still having trauma behind the shit, but you know you will too if you have someone shoot you in the fucking foot or shoot you in the anything like i don't understand how people are so there are people saying that tori didn't deserve getting as much uh time as he got because she was only shot in the toe (laughs) only she was only raped because she was uh, because she's still alive like death shouldn't be the only way you serious people are really saying that right now yes wow people death shouldn't be the only way justice it you know is um justified it and what's even more shocking to me is looking at comments on you know the different blogs and instagram pages there's a lot of women that are siding with tori and when you experience trauma you tend to tend to want to sympathize with your abuser. I'll say that. If you haven't healed from your abuse, you tend to sympathize with your abuser. And it's called Stockholm Syndrome. Well, that's a whole different situation, but it's Stockholm light. It, it, it reminded me of the Barbie movie, which was <laughs> phenomenal. Barbie. When the monologue, she goes on to say, men hate women. Women hate women. And it's just so upsetting because it's, this particular incident has shed so much light on that. Like women are literally coming for Megan for just existing because yeah. she is the victim in all of this. She got shot regardless of where she got shot. She was a bullet. Two. Two bullets touched her body. Touched. No matter what, if she was irate. Fighting, saying all type of shit, saying you got a little dick, can't fuck, whatever the fuck she said, did not warrant for her to have a foreign object insert her body and wound her. So, I don't have no sympathy for him. I don't have nothing else to get to him. He got 10 years. He gets credit for 305, uh, 305 days already. That's fine. It's not even a whole year. So, you got nine nine years and uh, what, uh, three months left. On your sentence, I hope you serve every fucking term. I hope you get fucking deported back to where the fuck you came from, and you lose all your money. Because I don't really give a shit about you. I don't. I don't condone violence towards uh, domestic violence or anything that you you are doing to 
shoot someone out of because of your ignorance or just hatefulness. Yeah, you shoot people, you go to jail. What a novel idea. <laughs> like, I don't understand right. people being so gagged about this. Like, no. Yeah, I, I don't either. It, you know, it's it's weird. It's really, It is really a very weird. weird. And then people bring up false equivalencies and say, well, the, here's a child molester. They didn't get 10 years. Here's a, a, a robber. Uh, you know, that help people at gun Like, they didn't get to... Okay. So, you're saying... That you can shoot me. You can shoot people. And my trauma from that doesn't warrant that person to serve time, jail time. And not to mention, leading up from the shooting to the trial, Tori was antagonizing the hell out of Megan had a song about her a video about it like literally being gross about that he didn't the situation the incident didn't happen and then he just laid low yeah. you know he escaped to Canada and you know lived amongst the people until the trial no he was completely gross about it and taunting this woman who was shot regardless of who shot her the fact is, she homegirl got shot, and he antagonized her the entire way. And I think that a lot of that had to do with his sentencing. And people are selecting not to remember it, or just again masking their self hatred and biases against a black woman. Trying to scapegoat it with, you know, not another black man in prison. No, this is not another black man. This is uh, someone who shot someone. Yes. And justice was served, in my a opinion. A Canadian black man. So, you know, he hella soft. He, he, tried, he, got, he got something to prove. So. He'll prove it in prison. <laughs> you listen, you buck up with them niggas up in there. So. Um. I just hope I pray for healing for Meg. And yeah, that's it about that. So that's that on that. That's that on that. And we have a fun little game that we would like to play, be interactive with you guys. You know, we always love to have you guys comment on our IG page at, oh, that's my gay friend. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think about some topics. But this topic here. We want you guys to definitely chime in because it's very interesting. Once we post the picture to our page, you can pick your favorite person and tell us the reason why you picked this person. So, husband, I have a question for you. Okay. So, via Baller Alert, they have posed the question. And their question is, you're having a read-off and you need to pick one to serve the filthiest read. Who are you picking? So, friends out there who may not know what a read is, a read is someone... I'm gonna say reading you down, um, giving you reading you the right act, basically clowning you, um, in a very snarky, eloquent type of way that's talking shit about you, and some shit may go over your head because you're not that smart and you don't catch it, you know. So, for instance, one would be you know, um, Miss Phaedra Parks who told Kenya Moore at the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Mm-hmm. She said, Miss Phaedra Parks, who talks about Kenya Moore and the Real Housewives of Atlanta, 
And one season on the reunion, she told Kenya, basically, like, you don't know who the father of your child would be because what you do know is that he needed $10 to buy him a medium-sized pizza so he can ejaculate to a cup so you can have a child. Now, check that. And that is a read. And that was a read, okay? So, we have the lineup of people who you need to pick from. So, and these are all Atlanta. Oh, no, they're not. They're, they're housewives. And some from a different show, Married to Medicine. So we have Nene Leakes. We have Dr. Heavenly from Married to Medicine. We have Miss Phaedra Parks. We have Miss Cynthia Bailey from Real, Housew- Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's a veteran. We have Kenya Moore, Real Housewives of Atlanta. We have Eva Marcel, Real Housewives of Atlanta. We have Sheree Whitfield of Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> we have Karen Huger of Real Housewives of Potomac. And Candace Bassett Dillard of Real Housewives of Potomac. So we have a total of nine ladies. So out of the nine I just named, husband, who do you think serves the filthiest read if you wanted someone to have a read off with? Mm, okay. So out of this group, who I would feel the most confident in giving my read would be Kenya the Moore. Really? My yeah. birthday to one? Okay. I un un like one hundred percent because I feel with the other women they've had their they've had great reads themselves, but it's been all situational, if that makes sense. And it's been based on I don't know. I feel like they've just gotten lucky in their reads. <laughs> it, truly. The luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Or, luck, or you know, you had to look at who they were going up against. And I feel with Nene, she just loud. Like, she... Nene, Nene doesn't... Has never provided, like, a smooth, good, calculating read. She just loud. Yeah. Um, and you can't conflate the two. But when it comes to being a wordsmith, like, saying some shit consistently that goes over people's heads, and if you don't... And if she doesn't make you feel ugly, she makes you feel stupid because you don't understand what she's saying. It's Kenya Moore, in my opinion. So I'm gonna. So I'm gonna say who mine's is, okay, and I actually have two. And it's you kinda, said you got a big one. I know, but I'm trying to. So I, well, I kind of want to go down the list of them to see. So Lenny, no, like you said, she's loud. She's a bully. Heavenly, Doctor Heavenly. She's loud and a bully, but she's just a mean girl. But her reads just. They aren't reasons just trying to be hurtful. Phaedra, that's cute, you know, for the moment. Cynthia Bailey, I don't know why Cynthia's on this list. I don't know who picked Cynthia to be here. Well, you know, Cynthia has those moments where she's nice, nasty. Okay, I can't really like that. Uh, Kenya, my birthday twin, listen, all day, I can definitely see she's a contender. Eva, motherfucking Marcel. Eva reached the house down, boots. Boots, baby. So that for me is my number one, but there's a close second that's, that may not even out. Sheree is not the girl. And Miss Karen Hugo, God bless her uh, heart. Bless her heart. Not, not rest her soul. I was about to say rest her soul. Not killing off that. Karen. Um, but Candace Bassett Dillard, baby. Dillard Bassett. Bis- Dillard Bassett. Candace's mouth is motherfucking lethal. So it's, that is it's, very true. Her her mouth is lethal. So, like, <clears throat> okay, t- 
top three, I definitely feel you with yeah. Kenyon. Oh, so we're no, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying top to, nine. No, I'm, no, I'm trying to narrow mine down. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm thinking it out right now through my head. I'm thinking about the shit that these heifers did. Ugh. And I was so sure with Eva because I was like going into it when I saw it, I was like, oh, Eva number one, like all day. No, you saying Candace actually? It would be neck and neck but for me Candace between Candace is, and Candace. Candace Kenya, is that Candace. like Candace is that girl. But see, the thing is, I love Candace because hers is so witty. Like she says things to make people laugh at you, not to hurt people's feelings. But she says things to be. Funny. But that's what a read is. A read is supposed to be. Supposed well, to I mean, be, not necessarily. Be, a read. A read can be both. They can be. Um, but I think she has both. But hers is so it's so comical. But I think she so, has the ability to do both. I feel like she has the ability to do to hit the jugular. Like Kenya's, but Candace, Candace is finish him. Mm-hmm. She's more. Candace is more the combat. When they finish him, you know that's when Candace is gonna come in. But like, all right, I got oh that oh you gonna say this? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I I, I feel you yeah. with Candace. With Eva, I feel like she was one of those people that just got lucky. Like Eva went up against Marlo. It's not hard to read Marlo. She can barely read a book. <laughs> so of course she won in that. No, but even even throughout the season, Eva. I mean, Eva. Eva has a gay cousin, a multiple gay cousin. Like she knows the history of reading. So she's well equipped with it. And it wasn't until Candace got on scene. I would I would say Eva was my number one, but Candace that said Dylan, whatever her fucking name is. Candace got it for me. She she got it for me. Okay, I can I can feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So friends, tell us what say you. Um go to our IG page. Let us know who you think is the queen of reading. Is it Nene Leaks? Is it Dr. Heavenly? Is it Phaedra Parks? Is it Cynthia Bailey? Is it Kenya Moore? Is it Eva Marcel? Or Sherway Whitfield? Or Karen Huger? Or Candace Dillard Bassett? Let us know your pick and we will talk about it next time on the show. Husband, let's play one more game. Okay. One more question let's to see. This, this is a gay podcast and before we pay these bills, I want to see if you can lose your gay card. So, confessions to lose your gay card. So, I saw this question on the social of the medias. And a lot of people were chiming in. And they were saying what they they honestly felt about certain situations. That someone could pull their gay card. So, for instance, a lot of the girls were saying they didn't like Beyonce. Okay. They don't like Lady Gaga. They don't like Cher. Who, why is she relevant? They don't like drag shows. Different things of that sort. Um, so, is there a confession you have that you think that... Or, yeah, it's a confession that you have that you think that can... If you were to say it, that they would pull your gay card. Um, ooh. Do you have one? Because if you do, you can <laughs> go first because I have to think about it. <sighs> So it wouldn't be. No, I can't say that because I've said I get canceled. So I can't say that one. Um, because that's that's about a lot of other people that, but gay people. So uh, no, can't say that one either. Um, okay, I I got one. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. <laughs> I'm like, seem like you got one. Uh, we just got this podcast. Um, we will want to keep going. So, so I don't wanna yes, get um, so. I don't like partying. I don't. I I I just don't. Okay. <laughs> and you know, being gay is sometimes synonymous with going to the club and 
you know, having like a a raver or glow sticks and like I that too much noise, too many people. I'd rather be at home. Okay, baking um, cookies. Mm. I'm not your gay accessory, but I don't think that's like a gay card thing. No, that's like just, no, so, that's just a yeah. rant. Okay, I don't. <laughs> that's why I say I don't. I have to choose my words wisely. Wisely. Um, I'm not into floor arrangements. Okay. You know, some people associate gay men if you just with gay floral arrangements. Have, well, yeah, you're supposed to have fashion and style, which I have that, but just just about everything in this floral. Like I know I don't like floral arrangements. Like you know, that's not okay. a thing. Um, because everything else I'm thinking in my head, I can't say. So, um, yeah. But I'm curious, but like I said, I was reading a lot of the comments and people were having, it was a lot of, of and it wasn't like hate towards drag. It was just like, I just never been it's to a drag show or I'm not into drag mm-hmm. or I think RuPaul's overrated or I think that, um, who was, it was RuPaul. It was Cher. Um, no Madonna's, but it was definitely, of course, the people who were for Beyonce. Someone was like, you know, they've never um, listened to a Janet album or something. So I was like, how dare you say that? But, you know, like yeah, it's just I things that gay-related gay stuff. Related yeah. shit. Right. So. so, yeah. But friends out there, if you are queer, identifying or, or you know, well, yeah, you have to be gay to play this game. But <laughs> what are some things you feel like if you confess, they will pull you a gay card? Let us know on our page or email us if you don't want to tell the world and we'll tell the word for you um at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com all right so guys i think we're gonna take a break right now and then come back with the reality roundup brb all right all right guys we're back with the reality roundup and we are starting with Roni, the Real Housewives of New York. So this week we saw the ladies close out the Hamptons trip. We are episode four. So we are, we've known these ladies for four hours and we've already (laughs) gone to, uh, we've already gone on a trip. The Hamptons during off season, that was a choice. It was. We've seen that you can't satisfy everyone you can't even have fucking caviar with these heifers yeah because it's not good enough for them it's not gonna be good enough uh we saw shukshuka which i actually want to try because it looked kind of delicious um tell me how it goes i will i will give reviews we saw literally it was just an extended slumber party because the ladies truly didn't do shit they went i think to a restaurant like twice and that was it because again they were in the Hamptons during off season right so that was pretty much all that they could do they get back home to New York and this is a very brand heavy episode which I was all for because in my opinion she is the breakout star of the new franchise and we come to find out she's black who the fuck knew she was biracial? Who knew? She was passing, baby. She was passing. Not only is she black, homegirl's got a perm. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just for me. I know that's right. Just for me. I know that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's blowout. Blow yeah, it shit is, yeah. 
And once she said it, I can kind of see it. No, I, I can't see it all the time. Absolutely. Because she does, and she was on Watch What Happens, and we saw her, and I was like, okay, you gave a white girl. You, know, you, you kind of have, it's not even a mocha color. color. Which, what color would you describe her as? It is a very soft beige. Yeah, she just, she looks And she has like a lot a of woman. pink undertones. That's what it is. She doesn't have red undertones. If she had red undertones, you'd be so okay. She's, I can tell she's kind of like how Cy, what's the name? Cy. Cy. She kind of, you can tell she's there's like a There's like a warmer tint to Cy. She has like a little, almost like a yellow. But Brynn, it's very pink, like white people. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And so if she were to, if she dyed her hair a different color or did it a different way, you could definitely think she was Caucasian. But oh, no, yeah. Shady cameraman went to the roots of her hair and was like, let's, let's look at this wave pattern. And she yeah, they were like, back salon. we're going to get this course, <laughs> this coarseness. <laughs> And so it was like, okay, well, she's my race. All right, that's hot. But I totally agree with you. She is the breakout star. But we also see why she's so lively and bubbly. But I always believe, and this is this has been proven time and time again, people are really overly bubbly and everything has had, who had, they have had the most traumatic experiences in childhood. And they have to put, take on this persona and because to deal with the things that they have dealt with. And we find out that she came from a really rocky startup with her mom and dad and and being poor and everything and having situations where she mentioned the fact that her white grandmother had to take her to a black hair salon when she when her grandmother had a co-worker who was like listen take her to you know down this street mm-hmm. and she was that was the first introduction she said she had to black women and being around that and and seeing black culture because she was always um the only black girl, but again, I think looking at her, she blend in. So it was like, yeah, a, it was like a Mariah situation, mm, if you will, a tragic mulatto. Yeah, yeah. So. And also in this episode, it is Thanksgiving. So Sai had the idea of throwing a Thanksgiving bash at her place, but naming it Bryn's Giving, so the ladies could all have a reason to come together to Sai's place. And interestingly enough, it, this made me realize we have not seen Bryn's place yet. We yeah. had a party or a Friendsgiving in her honor at someone else's house. Yeah. It really makes me wonder, what's that about? What's that about? What's going on there? She may be airbnb it. Who knows? Right. I really think for the vintage Roni heads... Brent is giving me season one Bethany Frankel, where she's clearly like the poor one, like hanging out with this group of women is oh, an upgrade for her. And that's how it was with Bethany. Really? Bethany was the extreme odd woman out. It was like you have a countess, you have Jill Zarin, you know, the wife of Zarin Fabrics in New York and like Ramona who you know everybody was like penthouse rich and Bethany literally was in like a two bedroom walk up <laughs> and trying to just like make it happen for herself well look at her now god damn it and I think that is going to be Brynn's story I truly feel this is going to be like her the precipice for her. she's going to branch off into so much shit she really is because she has a nice again a, a fun personality but you can and always she's tell <laughs> she's very beautiful she's but there's you know the flirtiness about it like she she's 
good arm candy for a man. You know, I can see her with an older man. Yeah. If you will. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, the jury still out for me with these ladies. There's like two I really I fuck with, and then there's the other ones. Three I fuck with, and then the other ones can just go. You know, um, one maybe one. I have three in the possible. Okay, that I mean, <laughs> out of a group, three in the possible. Out of a group of six, those are good odds. You know I mean, those are better odds than Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. be honest. So that's that's where I'm at with with Roni. But it was interesting. She didn't want to touch on her trauma, like you said. It was a very brain heavy episode. She didn't want to talk about her trauma. She really basically told the producer flat out, "I'm not talking about that." I hope she processed whatever she's dealing with um, in a healthy space with someone to get the healing that she needs. Um, because you know, until you are really until you healed your inner child, you really can't be whole. That's my Truly. complete. And utter belief in this world. And so um, we'll see. But someone I just don't fuck with, and I just, I, I, she, this could be her last season, is the chick who hasn't had sex with her husband in two years. Jessel. Yeah. Jessel, Jessel is, is not, not going over well. And from other people that I've talked to that watch the this reboot, she's not a fan favorite. And no. I, and I don't, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way that she talks to her husband. She, they clearly don't like each other, and just the way that she carries herself. Like if she's not complaining about something or someone, she just kind of has this nasally, drop like dreary energy about her but see i could put her in sign in the same category because i'm not too thrilled about sci like she i'm not a fan of sci irritates the fuck out of me i just think she has one more good show one more good time to say some fuck shit and i'm gonna need someone to check that ass i just think that she um has a try hard energy like a i'm on reality television so let me be extra yes because i think this is what it's called for right and not necessarily being authentic like whereas bren i feel like that's how she is when the cameras are down yeah she may ham it up a little bit but at the root of what she's doing that's who she is yeah she flirts with every fucking body. yeah so i feel like that's that who energy. she, she is. has the type of energy where you can just tell that's just who she is and it's, and it's not from malice it's just that's her coping mechanism right i think that's yeah. that's that's the person that's that's the persona she wants to give you because i'm a I don't want you to come too close to me. So I'm going to give you this. Yes. You know, and you know exactly, and you may get this and follow me, but you know who Cy reminds me of? The married bitch from Martha's Vineyard, where, yes. girl, before, let's be honest, before your husband, before this brownstone, you probably were sleeping in your car too. Let's just say what it is. So now she's got a man who's retired early and she's complaining about caviar complaining about cheese complaining about toilet eating paper. at catch complaining about toilet paper bringing 80 outfits to a two-day trip during off season yeah like you're doing all this i feel for the cameras for camera, right. and it's something about her that doesn't read authentic to me yeah i get the energy I get so yeah her and jessel for me can go off into the sunset yeah. And I would be okay with And that. I would be okay with that. I'd be all right. Aaron is still kind of hit and miss. I think Aaron's, I think Aaron's going to come into her own and lead the pack. I would truly feel like Aaron is the only true New Yorker of this group. If you think about it, 
everything that we've done in these past four episodes has centered around Aaron. We're at her house. We're at her party. We're talking about her party. We're talking about a, uh, a restaurant she went to. Like everything that has been happening has been centered around Aaron. And I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I just think... She has that type of she's, she's she's that girl yeah, in New York. I just feel she's like the she's the glue that, yes. that kind of ties the whole. I just feel like together. she's the true yeah. New Yorker that's like making shit happen, but she's not saying, "Hey, I'm doing this like a sigh or complaining about it like a Jessel. She's just like, "We need a place to go to. I've got a house in the Hamptons. Let's go." Right. <laughs> like where Jenna's like, "Y'all got a house too, but y'all ain't coming over here." Yeah, she, Jenna's honestly, <laughs> I need, Jenna's I just need to a, take my yeah my piece. And my Jenna's space. just a name. Like, Jenna literally, I feel like every week when the show comes on, she's on the phone with her team like, is this a good idea? Were we were we right in doing this? Should we come back for next season? Is this on brand? Yeah. Like, I feel like she regrets every step of the way, but I still am invested because she is so secretive. Like, homegirl's not telling us who her girlfriend is. Nope. She's not telling us. She's not showing us all the rooms in her house <laughs> like we just get the closet and that's it like, you get the fashion for her yeah. so i appreciate it she gives i do you too fashion she gives you fashion and she always has a look and so i'm here for it i'm i'm here for it and then umba with her sauces she's fine i love umba i love i umba. do i do too i think she's just so maybe i, I got four in the possible <laughs> my three went to four and in, in no i have four and two can go <laughs> <laughs> four and four yeses and two no's for me yeah but yes so. i'm enjoying i'm personally enjoying roni um no there is absolutely no comparison to the original because those bitches were iconic but i'm enjoying what this it's is now. and I, as a person who never seen the previous roni you know I, i'm okay with this i'm trying to i'm trying to f- let them find their footing in this I will say I do want to try Umba's hot sauces or Umba's sauce because it was yeah Oprah's Oprah's, top fa- yeah. one of her Oprah favorites number one. So it must be it must be good. It has to be good. And the fact that she is a model and she talks about the she a model. Well, no, she I say that for a point because she said you know she had to healthy she had to, had to eat healthy and all this steam shit and steam rice and steam blah 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 and so she had to make it taste good and so I'm here for that because if you can find flavors that can make things that are bland taste amazing and it's healthy i want to be a part of that conversation so i would love to try her products out at some point and we'll try out the podcast maybe we'll get a couple of bottles and see how i'm down let's taste, do it taste you know? test live in the air yeah um so that's it with roni let's go on down south and pick up these Rotten peaches. Pick, cotton. <laughs> Pick up these peaches covered in insects. Passion peaches. Peach passion, baby. Thug passion. So we find out that we have Miss Cynthia Bailey coming to Atlanta to Candy's ten uh, year party for bedroom candy. Who thought who would have thought that Candy would be the queen of selling dildos and, and sex shit? So that's amazing for her. Right. It was great to see Cynthia. It was so refreshing to see Cynthia because you automatically saw Kenya get activated because Kenya's been bored this entire season with all these girls. But you you saw the light return into Kenya's eyes. You saw Candy breathe a sigh of relief because she's like, finally, someone that's not going to come for me (laughs) in in, in a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that's not going to try and like take me down in a scene. 
And it was just nice seeing a true, like, mediator personality back on the show. It is, but what I can say, I'm starting to see Cynthia's mother in her face. As she well, yeah, older. she's getting, she's aging. She's aging. But the face time is, is gone time. And she looks, I mean, again, looks amazing. Hate to hear. I want to know what happened between her and Mike because that is the tea no one's talking about. Because Bravo ain't trying to pay her. Cynthia's like, uh, you want the story? Give me the glory. Like, <laughs> give me that check. She's not just going to willfully and willingly divulge the information which i don't blame her yeah so it's interesting so we have this i don't know why this conversation is being brought up again about drew and latoya and it's being dragged Dude, the fuck out for the past three there's episodes. there's no story here <laughs> and then for someone to say that oh well candy's drumming up this drama to sell todd's movie about drew playing the lead nobody's gonna watch that her it's like to groom her to be a lesbian in the, in the film um, Drew, we were we were there while you were in South Carolina with Bolo and Latoya. Like we heard the footage, and multiple of your castmates saw the shit. You know, so. But the thing is, I don't understand why this. I mean, I guess I could see them trying to lay the foundation for what's to come with the divorce and the basketball player chick. Right. But again, this Latoya and Drew storyline. Could have been one episode. Literally, you started and you left that shit in two thousand and two thousand one episode. I don't need to see Latoya come back. No, she wasn't brought back for a reason. That's what I don't understand with these uh, housewife producers in Atlanta. They let women go, or they don't give them peaches for a reason. Right. So it's like, why bring? Why parade them back well, into our faces? She wouldn't have enough to carry to be to that level so she's a b story at best so like and why even bother friend of, but because what drew needs something else and they i think you said they're trying to lay find, lay the foundation okay well you could have possibly kissed the girl we don't know but now we know you tied to mimi foster's ex-girlfriend ty and you know now you're in a lesbian relationship with her you know so they're making the show and i get it but the show you're making, I don't think no one wants to watch. It's it. not entertaining. <laughs> it's, it's not. Yes, it's not entertaining anymore. That is factual. So, they are indeed so, making a show, yes. but is it one that people want to watch? No, and no. no, we're not. We're not here for it. But I will say, Marla looked amazing. The ladies brought it to the, the event for Candy. No, yeah, everybody looked really great. But yeah, uh, I I need Cynthia. And Kenya, because I, I want to talk about the ultimate girls trip, like that dynamic, that the shit that they had going on in that situation, you know, um, there's a lot kind of happening in that friendship. If they pick back up, that's amazing, because sometimes it's hard to, to come back from a friendship that you you had an Issa and Molly moment with. Yeah, because it's it's difficult because, you know, you don't want to be the first person to pick up the phone. I, I can attest to this all day. Um, you know, it's like, I don't, so what are we going to do? You know, and then you just let it fall by the wayside. So I'm glad they were able to mend whatever was going on with them. Me too. So. Um, they were always a duo that I really enjoyed watching together because you can tell yeah. it was they were, they were friends. Yeah. Like just how Candy was friends with Phaedra. And that's why Phaedra would hurt Candy by the shit she said. That's why Candy would never fuck with Phaedra again. I completely understand that, you know. Like, he basically said I was a fucking rapist. 
<laughs> like so. But that was Atlanta, I think. And the next couple of episodes, they're going to drag this shit out between Drew and Ralph to the point where it's not going to be fun. Yeah, it's not going to be entertaining anymore. No, like when the season first, what when the season first started, that's what I was looking forward to the most because right, I think before episode one aired, that's when we found out that they filed for a divorce. But they've dragged so many lazy storylines since the very first episode. I honestly, I've lost complete interest. I know that they're not going to even really, because it is Drew, and I do believe that she is an habitual liar. <laughs> I just do. I, it's not going to be addressed. It's not going to be direct or transparent. It's just going to be exhausting and drawn out. Yeah. That's all I got for, for I, that, Drew. That's all I, yeah, that's all I got in general. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See you next well, week. No, friends, we have come to the end of the show. And, you know, that is this reality roundup. I mean, listen, we have shows canceled. You know, Bad Boys of Texas, is they're gone. You know, Go Go for the Gold. The, the, we have the winner was Johnny Cakes. I don't know if you guys are watching it or not. But, yeah, because you, know, you never even talked. We did it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. I, I didn't care less. Yeah, but. I cared about Go-Go for the Gold. But we are watching Big Brother. So if you guys are fans of Big Brother, we can definitely talk about this during the pod. Um, I know there are different podcasts out there who talk about Big Brother. Shout out to my cousin Jamel, who has his own podcast about Big Brother specifically. But if you guys are fans of the show, we can definitely mention because there's some shit that happened with one of the contestants said, mm-hmm. nigga. And uh, but also he was friend, right. Plot twist. Also, friends out there, let us know what shows you would like for us to cover and watch and talk about. So leave that in our comments, or go to oh that's my gay friend on Instagram, or email us at oh that's my gay friend at Gmail, um, and let us know what shows you want us to add to the reality roundup. And we will uh, take that into consideration. Yes. And we want to shout out a lot of our listeners. Um, you guys have given us feedback on the conversation where we had about the Jess Hilarious and T.S. Madison and the and the ownership of womanhood and, and cisgender women versus transgender women and who owns the word period and everything. So we really appreciate the education you have provided to us. Some things that you guys left us messages we won't play on the air unless you give us consent to play. But I feel like it's a conversation that, that needs to be had and we're appreciative of it. We respect everyone's opinion and viewpoint. And I think for myself and I can speak for my husband, I think we were really wanted to understand and we received a lot of understanding from biological females and their perspectives of everything and so we totally get in support everyone but we just want to say let's keep let's keep these conversations going this is what we have this platform for we want to be interacting with you guys and talk about these hard-hitting topics because it affects everyone you know and again i think knowledge comes from understanding and wanting to understand someone and their perspectives and viewpoints so that's how you learn and that's how you grow here, here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, friends, we want to thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Like my husband said, follow us on IG or hit us up on Gmail. You got the information. You guys know what he just said. It. So, friends, you gave us about an hour and a half of your 
day. You have about 22, 23 more hours to be with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Everyone do self-care this weekend. Just do something for yourself, by yourself, or with someone else. But just make sure it's for you, okay? Until next time, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends.